I love how this mini stick clap is totally unnecessary because we're not even doing video, but I like to do it anyway. It's fun to do. I like doing it, and you're all going to have to put up with it, unless you just don't want to listen to our show, but please do. And welcome to the Dump and Chase podcast. My name's not Dump, his name's not Chase, and we're back for a fourth episode. Coming to you from the heat wave that is Western Canada. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Loving that. My car read 37 degrees today. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty good. And for you American folk who are listening, that just means hot. <laughs> I don't know how to speak uneducated, but it's 37 degrees. I don't know how to speak Fahrenheit. So, yeah. Um, all you need to know is it's hot, and we don't like it very much. Especially not Ben. Especially he hates ben. it. I have very long hair. It's not it's not nice. No. Alrighty, what are we going over today? We are going over a lot of stuff. Um, we are going to start out with a, um, a shout out. Um, we've got award winners, third round recap, um, a cup final preview, and if we've got um, more time after that, we've got some Seattle Kraken news, some news for next season, and also some Buffalo mock trades for Eichel to look over. Mm, yes, because Buffalo's a dumpster fire, <laughs> as we've discussed. Okay, so where do we want to start? Well, let's start it with a shout-out. Um, if you are a jersey collector, um, as I am, um, and you like getting names on jerseys, you might know that it is extremely expensive to get a name customized onto your jersey um, after you buy it. Um, like buying a blank jersey? Yeah, if you buy yeah. a blank jersey and then you get it sent in for customization, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. quite expensive. But um, there's a guy based in Kingston, Ontario, up here in Canada, um, who just customized two jerseys for me. It was the first time I used him, and he did an amazing job. He customized my Edmonton alternate um, to, for an Ethan Bear, and he put a patch onto my Vancouver 50th anniversary jersey and did an amazing job. Um, so if you guys are looking for somebody to customize jerseys, he, he is mostly on Facebook. Um, his... Um, his handle is Custom Jersey Guy. So at Custom Jersey Guy on Facebook. Um, I've seen the jerseys. They look really good. Yeah, they they look quite good. And they are quite cheap as well. I'm just trying to scroll up in our chat to see the pricing. He charges um, only $30 for the sewing. Um, and then depending on the jersey that you're sending to him, um, the number kit varies. So um, a single a single layer number kit would be um, would be a bit cheaper, whereas a um, double or triple layer number kit would be um, a bit more expensive. So um, the two jerseys I got and patches are free as well. So I got both these jerseys done for um, like fifty five dollars. That's awesome. And you generally have to pay way more than that. Um, and shipping. He ships to you, you ship to him. So you each cover shipping one way. So That's awesome. Yeah, I highly recommend him. You should Shout go out check to him that out. guy right there. Yeah. Custom I mean, jersey I, guy. I always, um, I mean, I don't, I don't collect jerseys myself. I would like to, but I have many other things I like to spend my money on. And, uh, well, quite frankly, I can't afford it right now. But uh, <laughs> if I did, I certainly know where I'd be going for uh, jersey customizations. He didn't pay us to say this, but... Uh, but it's certainly, certainly worth checking out. Absolutely. So, 
we want to jump straight into the winners of the awards? Yes. Some of the awards winners have been been announced. Not all of them. Right, right. Um, we predicted in the last episode who would uh, win the awards and who we thought... Well, not, not necessarily predictions, but who we thought should win the awards. We gave our two cents for whatever it's worth. But uh, we now have some of the winners listed. So, starting off with the Masterton Trophy, um, Oscar Lindblom wins it. And that's what I, I figured should happen right from the start. And what was your opinion again, Ben? Um, I was... It, the, the finalists were Oscar Lindblom, Matt Dumba, and then Patrick Marlowe. Right. I was good with either Lindblom or Marlowe. I just, since Marlowe's most likely playing again next year, I was thinking maybe Marlowe could win it next year. Yeah. So I'm glad with this. Um, Matt Dumba won second place, and then Pat Marlowe got third. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty, well, I don't think there'll be too many huge disputes there over that one. No, probably not. But, uh, yeah, so... On to the next trophy. The Marc Messier Leadership Award. This one there weren't finalists for, so we didn't actually talk about this one last week. Oh, okay. um, Marc Messier actually just makes this decision. It's just oh, an so executive it's just kind decision. of his own Yeah, own because Messier is known as one of the greatest captains of all time and greatest leaders right. for, um, for teams. And um, he went and he chose Patrice Bergeron. He so, did? Yeah. He, and, uh, there, obviously there weren't any finalists because he just sort of shows. Yeah. And I've got no issue with Bergeron being there. Bergeron is an amazing captain. For sure. And I'm surprised. The only reason he wasn't a captain earlier in his career, like this was his first year as a captain. Right. The only reason he wasn't earlier is because Chara was Chara. there. So um, yeah, I think Bergeron's a great choice for the for this award. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, Moving on to the Jack Adams. Do you have any huge disputes with this one? Broad Brindamore is the one who won. The Did one you say won. Broad Brindamore? Broad Brindamore. Broad Brindamore wins the Jack Adams. I'm, I like this. You like it? I like Brindamore. Who are the finalists again? Uh, Dean Everson for Minnesota. He right. won second place. Mm-hmm. And then Joel Quinville for Florida. Got um, Coach third. Q. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I think that Brindamore was the right choice for this. Um, interesting note for this, though. I have a... Um, a spreadsheet thing pulled up with the voting breakdown for the top 14, top 15 um, for voting for this. Um, and after him, we have Jared Bednar, Colorado, Mike Sullivan, Pittsburgh, Sheldon Keefe, Toronto, Pete DeBoer, Vegas, John Cooper, John Hines, and DJ Smith, Smith tied for 8th at for Tampa, Nashville, Ottawa. Bruce Cassidy tied for 11th with David Quinn for the Rangers. Oh, and then Dave Tippett for the Oilers, Jeremy Colleton for Chicago, and then Barry Trotz with one single third-place vote at tied for 14th behind coaches like David Quinn. I don't like that at all. <laughs> Barry Trotz got one third-place vote, and David Quinn got one second-place vote. Are people blind? <laughs> you see how the Islanders are doing, or did. They made it. To the final four. Yeah. And he gets disrespected like that. Come on. Yeah. So, I don't like that one bit. Yeah. The winner, not Brendamore, he deserves it. Carolina did sure. amazing this year. Barry Trotz falling essentially like 15th in the voting behind David Quinn for the Rangers. Not okay. Not, not okay. And also, I think the Ottawa coach made it on here too. 
Who's their coach? DJ Smith. I think he's for Ottawa. Okay. Yeah, DJ Smith was ahead of here too. And I mean, Ottawa did well this year Mm -hmm. for what they should have been doing, but still. Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz, come on. Got to give him the recognition he deserves. For sure. All right, well, right now, um, by looking at my my audio recording um, software, it looks like perhaps the mics aren't recording as they should be, so we're just going to take a quick little break, and uh, I'll see if there's an issue or not. Uh, We should be using headphones to monitor, but uh, we don't, because I don't know how to do that. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to take a quick break and uh, make sure that it's recording as it should be. Alrighty, we're back. Um, Apologize for that minor inconvenience. Um, We've now determined that the one mic um, likes to make popping and crackling noises and isn't exactly reliable, so... Now we're both sitting on a couch beside each other. If you've noticed that the audio has changed, that's because it has. And we're using one mic. So we'll get that sorted out. But for now, we're going to do the rest of the episode on one mic. So where did we leave off? Uh, Jack we, Adams? Uh, yeah, we just finished the Jack we Adams. Talk, we were talking about Barry Trotz, yes, yeah. and the injustices. Yeah, yeah okay. That Now that we're not going to dwell on that too long, because <laughs> that's going to get me triggered, um, we will talk about the Selkie. And for the Selkie, we have... It was... Alexander Barkov, or was, Sasha Barkov. <laughs> yeah, Barkov won it, and who else was nominated? Uh, Bergeron, yes? Yeah, Bergeron. And um, who Mark, was the other... Mark Stone. Mark Stone, that's right, was nominated. Um, who do you think should have won this? Um, this one, I was really okay with any of the three. Yeah. Um, Barkov won it by a landslide, though. He got... Um, 62 first place votes he got um 16 second and then seven third and three fourth and four fifth uh so his 62 first place votes bergeron was second with only 15 first place votes and then stone was third with only 11 first place votes so barkov won this by a landslide yeah so i mean yeah i don't think there was really of the top three i don't think there was a, a wrong candidate to win but uh Good to see that uh, Barkov got himself uh, an award. Yeah. I don't think there's much else to say about that one, really. Not not too much. Oilers fans are still mad Drysaddle didn't make it, but really it makes sense that he did. So Yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, the Lady Bing Award. Who was nominated? Um, I forget. Lady Bing. It was um, Slavin or Slavin, however you want to say Slav- that. Slavin won it. He won it. That's why I can say he was nominated. Um... Uh, Jared Spurgeon was nominated. Yeah, Spurgeon and Matthews. Matthews, right? That's who it was. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, good thing Matthews didn't win. Um, yeah, I don't really have an opinion on the other two. So, I uh, this one has actually created a lot of controversy. Really? Yeah, because as long as Matthews didn't win, well, I didn't care. That's where the controversy comes from. I can't remember where the how the voting went on this one I didn't save that don't tell me um, Matthews got third I think Ma- or sorry second I think Matthews did but I'm, I'm not 100% sure oh great um, but a lot of people were mad that Matthews didn't win this and, really um, yes and there was one um, there was a it's a Hurricanes analyst but she's one of the ones that votes um, mm-hmm. and that people are claiming her for bias because Carolina she voted for Slavin and she's a Carolina analyst and it's like and maybe there was maybe there wasn't but um, yeah she wrote an article explaining it, and her reasoning for not voting for Matthews was because of the incident where he pulled his pants down yep. in front of a cop. That's what I was thinking, um, too. 
and um, security guard, right? Oh, security guard. Yeah. yeah, it was some. It was something along those lines. Yeah, and um, it seems like a pretty reasonable reason to not vote for somebody for the gentlemanly conduct award. That's what I was thinking. Um, you know, like the nice guy and well put together, and you know, a gentleman, as you said, award. I do, I definitely didn't think it should go to Austin Matthews because that very situation, being Captain Underpants, came up to my mind. Yeah, and the reason. Um, the reason that um, the reason people are mad because of that is because either like it, that was two years ago. It doesn't matter anymore. And it's like, okay, there might be a small point for that, but you know what? Slavin didn't do anything like that two years ago either. Exactly. Um, and on top of all this, she said one large factor for him for voting for him is he's very, very polite um, to uh, to the people, to his teammates, to other players, to media, um, and also. Um, from the hockey side of things, uh, Jacob Slavin logs. This is from Mike Stevens on Twitter. Twitter. Jacob Slavin logs the most minutes of any player on his team and was called for one penalty this season. One really? penalty, and he leads the Carolina Hurricanes in ice time. And not only was it only one penalty, but it was a puck over glass penalty, <laughs> delay of game. And Mike Stevens continues to say that's absurd. One of the most remarkable feats I've ever seen in sports. No kidding. And he's, I believe Slavin's also only the fourth defenseman to ever win the trophy. Wow. So I think Slavin deserves the trophy. I think it was, I think it yeah. was the right call. That is the right call for sure. Um, now for, what's that award? Last episode we talked about the GM of the Year award and how it doesn't have a name. Right. But turns I was mistaken. Turns out it has a name. As of 2019, I believe it was, it got a name. It's called the Jim Gregory Award. Who's Jim Gregory? I don't know. I'm assuming a general manager. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Um, Who are the finalists again? uh, Finalists for this one were Lou Lamorello, who won, um, and then Mark Bergevin for Montreal, who was second, and Bill Zito for Florida, who was third. We didn't actually talk about this award at all last week because the Mm. finalists were announced the day after we we recorded the episode. Um, I didn't have a huge issue with Lamorello or Zito because... Mm-hmm. Zito did a good job with Florida. Lamorello did a good job with Islanders, even though most of it was doing nothing. Some people have an issue with that. But yeah. you know what? Sometimes the sign of a good general manager is looking at your team and saying, I don't need to do anything. Yeah. Um, I looked it up. Jim Gregory, believe it or not, was a general manager at one point. What? No, I never would have guessed it. Um, he died in 2019, so maybe that's why they named it after him. But, Probably, uh, yeah. He was born in in uh, 1935, so he definitely had uh, had a lot of years of hockey there for him. But uh, yeah, it looks like um, maybe he didn't even have any NHL level. Um, um, uh, what do what you call it? Uh, general managing. I can't find anything. So oh, right there. What there? Former NHL executive. Died okay, he was okay. He was an NHL executive. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, my issue here is, and is Mark Bergevin. Do not think Mark Bergevin should be on this finalist list because these awards are supposed to be for regular season performance. Right. And the Canadians did not do well in the regular season. No, they didn't. At all. They, they lost their way into the playoffs. They really did. (laughs) And it's just, and they're doing amazing now. So he looks great now. Were they under 500? Yes. Overall. (laughs) If you include overtime losses, they were less than 500. Wow. Nice. So I really don't think that he should be there. And there's a list released the top 13 for voting. Yeah. Steve Eisenman isn't even on the top 13. 
Okay, that's that's really interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, that's because he did nothing basically this year to improve the Red Wings. Like there was no there was no sign of improvement. That's so true. That's probably why. Yeah. Because um, Detroit didn't make a push, and didn't you know they were still pretty close to the bottom of the league. Yeah. So people would be seriously upset if Iserman was on that list, even though he is probably the best general manager. It just it, this not for this season yeah. because he went to a garbage team. Yeah, um, one there was a comment on one of, on this post and it and all it says is did Iserman die? Oh my word! <laughs> Nobody's team did. Yeah, pretty much. Um, very thankful. Julian Brisbane on Tampa Bay ended up at sixth and not in the top three because Iserman is the reason that he's good. He did absolutely nothing. He just. Landed in Tampa and is like, oh, look, I have a legendary team. I hope I don't screw this up. Right? <laughs> oh, my word. So, yeah, that's about enough there. All right, do we want to recap round three? Yes. Um, we do. Before we go into the specific teams, um, we've talked a few times about the importance of goaltending. Mm. Um, and it's quite common around draft time that... Um, Teams will say, or fans will say, don't take a goalie in the first round. They're so unpredictable whether or not they actually turn out. You can you get goalies that are just as good in the sixth round. Um, I wouldn't say um, just as good in the sixth round, but they are unpredictable. Yeah, like Henrik Lundqvist was a late-round goalie. Mm-hmm. Pe- Pecorine, late-round goalie. Where was Vasilevsky um, picked? Vasilevsky was a first round. Oh, he was a first um, round. And that's what brings me to this point. For the conference finals, or the semifinals, mm-hmm. um... All four of those teams' starting goalies were first-round draft picks. Oh. Vasilevsky, first-round draft pick. Flurry, first-round draft pick. Um, Varlamov, first-round draft pick. And Carey Price, first-round draft pick. Interesting. Should teams be taking goalies in the first round more no. often? I still don't <laughs> think so. No, no, I still don't think so. They can uh, they can wait till later rounds because unless you honestly think you have a generational talent of a goalie in the draft... You know, they're like 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 we said earlier. They're very unpredictable, and I think that's that remains true. Yeah, you could look at that list and see how many goalies in the first round were good, and how many didn't pan out. I bet you'd find a lot more didn't pan out. <coughs> DiPietro. DiPietro. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, like there were were were. were oh, I can't speak. Hmm. Haven't there only ever been two goalies that were taken first overall? I believe so. One is Flurry. And the other is DiPietro. Yeah. One turned out great, and <laughs> one, well, we know how that one went. Yeah. So, is it worth it? I mean, at times, if there's a generational talent, and you honestly believe that he's going to be the next coming of Patrick Waugh, then consider it. Not first overall. Consider him a first rounder. Yeah. That's what, that's That's where I stand on that. Yeah. Um, and another story, an overarching story of the third round, is the refing in the third round and the chaos. I feel like that's been an overarching theme of the playoffs. It has been, but it's literally watching social media explode over this third round, especially in the Montreal Vegas series, but some in both. Um, Okay, wait. Can we just take a moment to appreciate that my curse continues? I'd rather not. So, if you all recall the last episode... Actually, the episode before, probably the episode before, every single episode, 
the team I say I'm cheering for in that round of the playoffs gets eliminated. I know it had it would you know it couldn't have been. Uh, I think it's been every episode that we talked about. Yeah, I think it. it would have been every episode. Yeah. Um, the team that I say I'm cheering for in that round loses, and last time I wanted Vegas to lose, so I said I'm cheering for Vegas. Vegas lost. <laughs> Vegas lost. So the first one was the Panthers. I wanted the Panthers to do well. They got smacked by the Lightning. Um, I wanted the. Um, who was it that I cheered? Oh, the Hurricanes. Yeah. I cheered for the Hurricanes, and because I honestly like their team. And then they got clapped. And then I didn't really want to cheer for anyone else in the playoffs. And then Ben's like, I want Vegas to win. So I said, I want Vegas to win too. Because then my <laughs> curse continues and they lose. Now, will my curse continue to this next round? I don't think so. Because I don't want Tampa to win. Okay, so you're cheering for Tampa, right? No. I also don't want Montreal to win, so I'm not cheering for anybody. <laughs> We're going to see what happens. That's why my curse isn't going to continue, because I don't like either team. I do want Montreal to win, but... I mean, that'd be nice to see so that it's not like so predictable. Yeah. But at the same time, I, the Canadians, and I don't want to see them I, win. I don't want Montreal to win because Montreal. I want Montreal to exactly. win. Exactly. I actually I like Tampa Bay better as a team. Um, Fair. But So I won't be disappointed if Tampa Bay wins either. Um, but I just there's something about having the same team win back to back that is it's boring almost. Um, so and also I would love it if I could see Carey Price and Shea Weber get a Stanley Cup. Mm, that'd be that actually be very very satisfying to see. But so both of them have been warriors in the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. So and neither get the respect they deserve a lot of the time. For the anymore. players' sake, I'd I'd want Montreal to win, but it's Montreal, so I'm not going to cheer for them. I would love to see the chaos that ensues in Toronto with Montreal wins. Mm, that'd be fun. And uh, what if we see Montreal lose the riots? <laughs> they're rioting and they're winning. <laughs> What's going to happen if they lose? That might be just as interesting to see. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Either way, I think we're going to have a an interesting outcome at the end. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, I hijacked your point about refing. Yes, um, but the specific points about refing has been have been about Chris Lee with the the, the ref Chris Lee. Um, but I know in each series, some of the big standouts have been um, in the Montreal Vegas series. Corey Perry got high sticked in the face and had yes. a massive cut across his face that didn't and that didn't get called for right. even a minor, let alone a double minor that it should have been. Yeah, that um, was that was very questionable <laughs> to say the least. It's like when he has a cut that big, you'd think they'd call it. Yeah, you'd think. Um, Guess not. And the other thing is, in the Tampa Islanders series, twice Tampa Bay scored a goal. Um, of what the series-winning goal was scored this way, and one other goal that gave them a lead, which I believe they ended up winning, and that was the game-winning goal. They scored with too many men on the ice. Right. They scored a shorthanded goal to win the series with five players on the ice. Well, seven actually, but two were essentially on the bench. They don't count. Okay. Um, and then they scored with six players on the ice. Nice. Um, in like game two or three or something like that. So, yeah, it hasn't been good. But all this stuff around Chris Lee, you know what? The reality is refing is bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you can't – you can be upset at him, but the amount of – stuff that crap that he's getting and like the people that are literally threatening him and harassing him online it's kind of overboard. that's unnecessary yeah and the weird thing is it's the same people that were mad when mark shifley and his family were getting harassed over the hit 
So who are these people? Canucks fans? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Leafs fans? Who's the most uneducated fan base in the league? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Who's, but who's the worst fan base in worst, the NHL? In my opinion. Um, uh, if we're including media, I'd say Toronto. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the media sucks over there. The uh, Toronto fans can be frustrating sometimes, but generally only if they're from Toronto. I think there are other fans. The Islanders can be really annoying sometimes, but they're also just really passionate. Yeah. Um, I don't know who the worst fan base in the league is, in my opinion. I don't think it's Calgary. I don't think it's Edmonton. No. For a while there, Edmonton, they had a very um, loyal fan base, yet very uneducated at the same time. I'm going to say the Canucks, because I have a lot of Canucks friends in BC, and I think some of them listen to this. So Alrighty. We're going to go with the Canucks. Consensus worst... is the Canucks. <laughs> After that riot, I mean, how could it not be them, I guess? So... With that being said, it's the Canucks. So yeah. it's probably Canucks fans that are harassing the ref and Mark Shifley. Yeah. But if you look at it, you know We've what? decided it's official. Chris Lee and Mark Shifley and his family are all humans. Yeah. And so how is it okay to harass Chris Lee but not Mark Shifley and his family? Like, where? how is it morally okay to be going after a ref but not... Yeah. Yeah. Know. You know, I am a ref. Too, so I have a tendency to protect them. You're an more. NHL ref, not not an NHL ref. Oh, no. oh dang, I'm not quite I'm disappointed. Um, but yeah, it's like you know what they do make mistakes, and it is frustrating as a fan. But there's some of it that you just have to get over. Brian Boucher, I think he's an analyst for NBC. I say with hesitancy. he sounds very confident. Yes, in that. Um, he released a tweet. Um, where is it? On Twitter, um, and he just outright said, he's like, you know what, I'm tired of people crying about officiating, deal with it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there, there's, there's a point where you just like, hey, stop whining about the little things, but if it keeps being repeated where they're big, glaring offenses, then, you know, you gotta say something, right? At some point, no. Yeah. Um... I, I just think it's the coaches and stuff that should be saying something, not the fans. The fans can complain, but it's been really ex- it's getting it's getting to go too far. It's getting to the point where it's too far. Fair, in my opinion. But yeah, it, it is getting a little far. People are complaining about the refs a little too much. But you know, if they didn't complain and the refs they didn't get any negative feedback like that, who knows what would be happening? Honestly, <laughs> alrighty. Did we cut? Co- we covered the refing. We didn't cover a specific series, did we? No, not yet. All right, Tampa Bay Islanders. What do you have to say about that one? Braden Point has gone beast mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Has does he have the record? No, he's still. Does he still have his goal streak? Uh, yes. He um, does. Montreal Tampa are playing game one of the final as we speak. I think yep. we're like one period. In I or believe it's like one nothing Tampa as we speak. Point I can does not have the goal. Point does not have the goal. It is one nothing. They're about to start the second. Seven to five shots for the Lightning. Eric, you cannot speak. Saranac has the Tampa Bay Lightning goal. Yeah. Um. But as of the end of the third round. Point is um, has a his goal streak record, um, which is he has goals in nine straight now, and he the record is ten 
that's what the NHL record is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a playoff goal streak, right? Yeah, for a playoff goal streak. Um, that is held by... Some guy from the 70s, as I recall. Yeah, 70s Islanders team. Oh, the yeah. Flyers. Reggie Leach. Reggie Leach, Held right. Reggie Leach. He currently holds a record of 10 goals. And 10 goal, or 10 game goal streak. Could have been more goals, I'm not sure. But 10 game streak and point has 9 right now. Yeah. And the game's going on, so if he doesn't score tonight, it's over. Which would be very sad. That would be kind of sad, but... Uh, if he if he scores tonight, then uh, that then then he ties the record. He shares the record with Leach. Not only that though, but he also he's not only on pace for the goal streak um, as at the end of Game Six of the last game. He has fourteen goals in these playoffs, assuming um, that they win, which they did. Um, now he has a whole other series to play, and um, the all time goal total record in the playoffs. I was just about to look that up, funny. 19. He 19. has 14. Okay. And who, that's who holds the record? Reggie Leach, I'm assuming uh, from the same season, and Yari Curry are tied for it. Okay. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And on top of that, centers, centermen in NHL history to record um, 12 plus goals in consecutive playoffs because um, he got over 12 last year as well. Mario Lemieux in 91-92, Wayne Gretzky in 84-85, each of them only did it once, and now Braden Point in 2020-21. Wow. Calgary boy, too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he's from Calgary. Calgary. Right Um, close to home. Yeah, for sure. And one more Braden Point stat. Mm -hmm. Braden Point has scored 15 goals in his last 18 Stanley Cup playoff games, and he signed for $6.75 million 10 days after Mitch Marner was paid $10.9 million by the Leafs. <laughs> Marner Ouch. hasn't scored a, a single goal in his past 18 playoff games. Yikes. Point has 15. <laughs> Yikes. I think I also saw a stat the other day. I wish I would have saved it. I think it – was it just for the, the finals or or in the, the semifinals? Um, there wasn't a single player in that round. I think it may have been the finals. So – no, maybe it was the. I can't remember now, but it said there are no players remaining in the playoffs who were top twenty-five in points this oh, season. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I can't. I because Stamkos is fairly washed. Like he's not a top twenty-five point getter in the league, is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I mean. By I washed. think he would be, except he's just been hurt so much that right and Kucherov was hurt so yeah. normally he would be like top five but he didn't play but he season. didn't play all season so he's not there and there weren't any other players left that um had um that were top 25 point getters in uh in the league this year so that also begs the question superstars are they necessary for success in a team? Um, necessary, no, because Vegas made the finals their first season. Um, useless, I would also say no. Well, no, they're Super, not useless. Superstars still are very, very beneficial. It's just a team full of them isn't always useful unless you're Tampa Bay and you literally have a full team full of them. Right. Um, players like, I'm going to pull an Oilers player um, because this is a very recent conversation I've had with Noah. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Almost every team has a Ryan Nugent Hopkins type player on it. Almost every team has one or two defensemen that play like Adam Larson, another Oiler. A big physical defenseman that just is a solid defensive guy. Yeah, Every sure. cup-winning team pretty much has one or two of those guys. Right, but they aren't superstars. Yeah. So that also, 
begs the question, is it worth tying up that much cap money in big name players? Carey Price is the only player left in the playoffs after, I'm sorry, as we discussed earlier in, in an earlier show, I think it was even the second episode. I think it was might have been last episode. Okay. It was, no, it was the second episode. It was the second right. episode. There was, there has never, aside from Carey Price, Carey Price is the first player in NHL history to have won a playoff round with an annual salary of over $10 million. Yeah. So, and now with this not being in the top 25 points, in top 25 in points, that also adds more fuel to the fire of you don't need superstars to win a cup. You just need a well-balanced team. Yeah. If you don't have the superstars, your team needs to be quite well-balanced. Exactly. Like, you, you, you need the Las Vegas-type team from 2018 where every one of your players is a second or third liner. You, right. you can't afford to have fourth liners on a team with no superstars. You need second and third liners. It's a better idea. And you need a lot of drive. It's a better idea to have a, a well-balanced team, like yeah. a very well-balanced team, than a team with two, two or three superstars and then average players for the rest. Because, like I said earlier, in the playoffs, like it's easier to shut down... Say you shut down one of the two superstars in the team. You shut down, say, 35 to 40% of their team in their their uh, production. Yeah. Uh, it's too... It, no, it's not fair to say 40%. Say 30. Yeah. Say even just 30%. You already knocked out a good chunk of their team by shutting down one player. Yeah. A well-balanced team, you shut down their best player... They have another guy that's not too far off his production. You manage to shut him down, you have another one. Yeah. So it's further spread out, if you will. I think that's a better idea. And if, and if injuries occur, you know? Yeah. Um, that's why I, I like Vegas's team now better than the other one because they've got Mark Stone now. I think it's good for... for sure. I think it's good to... I would consider Mark Stone a superstar in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's good to have that one superstar... Um, but he's not like the superest of superstars, so he still has a reasonable salary. Exactly. Um, so I think that's like the ideal team is to have that one superstar, um, and then um, and then just a really solid team around him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know what? Superstars are in the league, so every team is going to have a lot of teams are going to have superstars. Well, for sure. So like, even look at Chicago. Chicago won three cups with Taves and Kane. Yeah, and um, they just weren't making as much money as they are now when they won those cups. Exactly, it was immediately after the third one that they both made their big paydays. The problem is but, with today's NHL, the superstars are getting paid too much. Yeah, compared to what the cap is. Yeah, because then there's not much left to get a well balanced team. It's yeah, darn near impossible unless you're Steve Eiserman. Yeah, <laughs> to get a well balanced team after that. Yeah. Anyway, that was a tangent. Um, also, do you have an issue with um, the whole situation with Kucherov going on LTIR at the beginning of the year so he doesn't go against the cap? Was he healthy and, to play at any point? Um, he, We don't know. As far as the team put him on LTIR, and then he was deemed fit to play um, at the beginning of playoffs. Right. If he was actually hurt for the whole time, unable to play hockey, I'm okay with it. But somehow I don't think that was the case. Um, it's a possibility um, because it was hip surgery. Um, okay. But at the same time, it very well could have been a very milked surgery where they waited an extra month to do the surgery and they made sure he was fully, fully recovered. Exactly. Um, before the playoffs. But 
Um, I don't have an issue with the rule in general that you can put players in LTIR and have them come against the cap. Because otherwise, play like I think Nathan Thornton is still on the Maple Leafs cap oh, oh, on boy. the Maple Leafs team technically, because but he hasn't played in like four years, five years, right? Maybe more. Um, he might actually be off by now. And it, it's like if you didn't have LTIR, those guys would have to be counting against your cap still, and that would suck. Right. Um, but what does bother me is the fact that the Lightning find themselves in the finals, seventeen mil over the cap. Um, I it doesn't bother me a terrible much as long as Kucherov was actually hurt. So maybe the league just needs to make sure they're actually checking in, and maybe their league of league doctors doing checks on the player. Yeah. Um, it's also for the Oilers. Oilers are tied up against the cap last season. We're going to be better this year because we have buyouts and stuff coming off the books, and we're look likely buying out one or both of Koskinen or Neal. Um, yep. But um, Oscar Kleffbaum was hurt all year last year, and his career might be over, and he might not be returning. And that's four and a half million or four million that we were able to put on LTIR. We don't have. We were able to actually get a replacement. That's where why we were able to get Tyson Berry for this season. Right. Because we, um, because we had that cap space off the books. Um, and it would have sucked for us if that had to stay on our books with him not playing. Yeah. No kidding. Um, Gary Bettman has no issue with it either. He was asked about it in a press conference just today, and he said that they looked into it and they think it's totally fine. Okay, well, I don't trust Gary Bettman as far as I can throw him, <laughs> but that's beside the point. But uh, yeah, that's a good wrap on the uh, the Islanders um, Islanders Lightning series. Um, I think that's a good spot to leave it for a break. Um, we're now over half an hour, so we're gonna take another break. Again, sorry for that technical delay, but uh, yeah, we're gonna take a break and we'll come back after this. Alrighty, and we're back from break. Thank you for bearing with us through the two breaks so far. Uh, we probably won't have that many breaks in the future, but we also probably won't have as many technical problems during our <laughs> podcast in the future. Um, I think that was a lesson well learned to uh, to learn that we should be testing microphones before we start the episode and maybe monitoring throughout. So, um, with that being said, we're going to go straight to the Montreal Vegas series. So, what do you have to say about that one? Um, before we start talking about the hockey part of it, Robin Leonard showed that he's, he's quite a character this um, this series. Um, he started by um, in game four, he started the he started the game instead of Flurry, um, and which was questionable. It was questionable, and the fans let social media know that it was. Oh, questionable. they sure did. <laughs> Um, and he said that he showed up to the game, I think, was it four hours early or something like that? Yeah, and he it? sat in the rink, and what did he say on that tweet? <laughs> can't remember, something like, I arrived early and sat in the rink, and, like, or so he said something about ignoring haters, and then he said that he scrolled through Twitter for two hours or something. He scrolled through Twitter for two hours to motiv- motivate himself for the game, and then he won. Yeah, he did. So. <laughs> Um, but then he followed that up. He was asked which um, active goalie in the NHL he would least like to fight, which is funny because Leonard is probably the answer to a lot of people's uh, to, for a lot of people when they're asked that question because he's not exactly a small, nice goalie. No, neither is. I'd, I'd say between like him and Mike Smith. Yeah, I wouldn't want to scrap with Smith is feisty, but Leonard's way bigger. Yeah, if Markstrom was any sort of mean. Yeah, but he's not. But he's know. not. Um, but then he went and he's like, David Ayers. David Ayers. <laughs> what a guy. Like, honestly, that's that's amazing for saying Carolina that. legend. Car- Carolina Hurricanes legend David Ayers. Yes. Um, 
going on to the hockey part though, um, Alec Martinez played the whole series on a broken foot. Yeah. Um, I I'm not sure if he played previous series on a broken foot, but he's like he's he specifically told the media after he's that he had to be wheeled around places off the ice. Yeah. So he was in a wheelchair off the ice, and he's playing hockey. On hockey the players are built different. They are built very different. It's it's that time of year where we um see as teams get eliminated oh look so and so was playing through a broken whatever so and so was playing through a whatever injury right yeah. I mean it's crazy honestly um yeah and Vegas just I don't they they got outmatched this series yeah um, Montreal was riding their high and Vegas did not get support from their star players no so this was Flurry's least stellar series Mm-hmm. Um, he was very average this series um, compared to the previous two where he was amazing um, but between Jonathan Marceau, Mark Stone Max Pacioretty and um, Carlson, William Carlson um, all those players they had combined one goal beauty Pacioretty got a goal in I think game 3 or 4 and the, yeah. other than that none of them scored honestly I don't really know what went wrong for Vegas it, it, I think it's just that their star players didn't show up. Mm. They, well, it's not even that they're all stars. They, their good players didn't show up. Yeah. They, and Montreal came to play. Yeah. Sorry, Carey Price came to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Habs went scoring two goals in in a game this playoffs. 11-0. Mm-hmm. They have yet to lose when scoring multiple goals in a game this playoffs. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I hate to break it to them, probably going to change against Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, I need to check but, the uh, game. Oh, 3-1 Lightning. Has point scored? Has point scored. Point no. has not scored. We have Cernak, Gord, and how do you say his name? Palat. No, I'm saying is that how you say his name? Oh, yeah, Gord. Yeah, Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord and Palat. Yeah. Okay. 16 minutes left in the third as we as we speak. Um, and speaking of point, Coach Kinyemi on uh, Montreal has his own record situation going on. Does um, he know? He is, um, for the most playoff goals before age 21, he's sitting at nine, tied with Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, and Mike Medano. Wow. For the lead. That's some elite company or, right there. Not tied, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry, not tied. It took... Um, Gretzky 12 games to get 9. Kokaniemi and Crosby are tied at 25 games. And Medano is at 32 games. But um, that's for most. And he doesn't turn 21 until July 7th. Wow. So if he scores one more goal before July 7th, he ta- he sets the NHL record for most goals scored before the age 21. Crazy. So That's some very elite company to be sitting with. Being Crosby, Gretzky, and Madonna. Yeah. Madonna's the worst of the three players, but still a Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels wrong to say he's the worst yeah. of the three, but it's true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my notes disappeared. Your notes? Um, there they are. Yeah, but with this, with um, Montreal winning and making it to the final, totally unexpectedly, Everybody said before this season that the Canadian division was terrible. 
and yeah. was one of the worst divisions NHL has seen in history. They did make that case. And I disagreed with them personally because I think that every team in the Canadian division is a playoff team. Nah. Except for the except for the Senators. Yeah. Which um but they aren't a terrible team either. They're improving by leaps and bounds. Well, for and sure. would not be surprised if in the next five, ten years we see them in the cup final or winning a cup. Right. But um I we don't have the best teams like Toronto's the most the best regular season team in the Canadian division, mm-hmm. but um, they're every team's competitive. Even Ottawa doesn't have the competitive skill level, but they have the competitive drive. Yeah, so, they do. Um, I didn't, wouldn't say we were the strongest division either, but I wouldn't say we no. were the weakest. In, um, in this year, I would have said definitely lower down there, but not worse. The team, the division with the Cali teams, was way worse. Yes, they that, were they were they were hot garbage. That was Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, and then San Jose, LA, Anaheim, and Arizona. Yeah, that's pretty um, bad. Like the top three are fine, and St. Louis is all right, and then the rest are just doogie. Yeah, and they get marked as good because they had Colorado and Vegas. But yeah, you don't you aren't a good division to see of two the two best teams. In your division, right? They they probably won one and two in the league because they got to play Anaheim, L.A. and San Jose all year for long. almost all their games. They they each got a total of like thirty games against those three teams. So yeah, well, you know, in the Canadian Canadian division, uh, Ottawa was a lot tougher than than most teams that had anticipated this year. Honestly, yeah, especially against the Flames. For some reason, like if the Flames had won their Ottawa games, if I think if they'd even gone like five hundred or something on those games, we would have made the made the uh, playoffs. But uh, we didn't. And the fact that Edmonton was the only team that swept Ottawa in the season yeah. series shows that Ottawa must be more competitive than people were giving them credit for. For sure. Um, like the fact that Toronto or Winnipeg couldn't sweep them. Yeah, but with that, does that mean the Canadian division sucks, or does that mean the Canadian division? is more competitive than people gave him credit for and actually made Montreal look worse than they actually were. I'd say the second option, but not not drastically. They weren't drastically better than everyone thought. Certainly better, but not by leaps and bounds like some people are believing now that Montreal's made it to the final. I think that was just a situation of a hot goalie. Yeah. I with Montreal. Agree. I wouldn't say that by them making it to the cup final shows that the Canadian division is elite. Yeah. Because they're not. But, I don't know. That's where I see that. Yeah. And I, I would agree with you somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like I said, I, I do think the Canadian division got more flack than it deserved. For sure. Um, but, um, yeah, I do I do think the Canadians truly underdogged their way to the to the final. And it's Price is the reason they're there. Oh, of course but, it's Price. Um, and you know what? He wasn't the reason that they made the playoffs because he struggled because he was hurt in the regular season. So, yeah, I mean they had uh, Jake Allen, so yeah, that's a pretty good backup. I don't think Allen's played yet in the playoffs. No, he hasn't because Carey Price has been so stinking good. <laughs> um, with this weird division talk, though, it meant that the Canadians won the Clarence Campbell Bowl. Yep, that's the trophy for winning the Western Conference. Let that sink in. Just in case you haven't figured it out, the Canadians are an Eastern Conference team. <laughs> Literally. Um, I found an interesting stat. Um, where is it now? I saved it. 
um, if I can find it, it was comparing the um, Nashville Predators to the, um, oh wait, no, I didn't save it. I must have saved it in a, uh, no, no, I know where I sent it to. Wow, I'm so scatterbrained. <laughs> anyway, listen to this. The Nashville Predators, was that 2016? 2017. 16 or 17. The when Sharks and the, the Predators made it in 20, were the two teams the Predators beat for the Cup. I just can't remember which one was 16, which one was 17. Right, so I this I think this I year think that we're referring to 17. was when the Preds lost to the Penguins in the final. Yeah, yeah, which I think was 17. Right, so the Predators were the 16th seed team. Their goalie was insane in the playoffs. They were a defensive team, and they won the Campbell Bowl. They lost to the defending champions in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Penguins. Also, it would have been 17 because they just won. That's right. Yeah. Now, the Canadians this year, 16th seed. Their goalie is on fire. They're a very defensive team. They won the Campbell Bowl, and now they're playing the defending champs. That's not looking good for for the Habs if it, if history is going to repeat itself. No, but at the same time, moving into a bit of a preview of the Cup final, um, there's also a ton of similarities between the '93, um, the '93 Habs that won the Cup, the last Canadian team to win a Cup, and this year's Habs. Um, and these one, this is insane. The similarities that are shown in this one, um, Montreal in nineteen ninety three, down two games to one, no, down two games in round one to a rival, and they came back and won. Um, they've swept their second round opponent. Um, they met a West Coast team. They lose game one four to one. They win game two three to two, and they win game three in overtime. And their goalie winks to a player. Those are some obscure stats right there. That's crazy. Um, I believe, yeah, this is as of the, when it's saying losing game one, winning game two and three, that's talking about um, the third, the semifinals, I believe. Montreal in 2021, down two games to, down two games in round one to a rival, came back and won, swept their second round opponent, meets the West Coast team, loses game one, four to one. Wins game two, three to two, and wins game three in overtime, and a goalie winks at a player. It's literally exactly the same. That's crazy. Um, so, in those ways, maybe it's a good sign for Montreal. <laughs> maybe it is. Um, I just opened Instagram, and I happened to see... It's not a fake tweet. I, I said we wouldn't get political on this show, but hockey and politics have um, combined... Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, says, tweets, says, two of the best teams in the NHL are facing off right now. How about a friendly wager um, at President of the United States? So that's the account for Joe Biden. Joe Biden responds and says, you're on, pal. Hashtag go Bolts. <laughs> and at Hockey Trash Talkers on Instagram, says the caption says, the winner gets the legend Joe Biden and the loser gets Justin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not going to get political, but uh, that was that was pretty funny. I just saw that. <laughs> oh, that is good. Um, oh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and another thing to, um, to consider is every time in NHL history that the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs have played each other in the playoffs at any point. 
the team that has won that series between the Canadians and Maple Leafs has gone on to win the cup every single time without fail in NHL. Really? History. Yeah. So history is stacked for and against the Habs at the same time. <laughs> in other words, superstition doesn't really necessarily exist. And oh, we're just really? gonna have to go with uh, which team's better and which team plays better. Also, but, the uh, the Lightning touched the trophy again. Yes, which they did last year. They did won. last year. So the Canadians. Did we're not. gonna put that theory to bed that touching it is bad luck. And I believe the Capitals also touched it when they won in twenty eighteen. Uh huh. So, I don't buy into that at all. No, I don't either. Um, okay, and also, if Tampa wins a second a second one in a row, do they are they considered a dynasty in the NHL? Define a dynasty. Um, what is a dynasty? That's a good question. I don't know what the definition of a dynasty would be. Um, I know there. I found a... I can't remember if it was a tweet or an Instagram post. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to say a dynasty is a team that continues to win cups, yeah, you're going to have to win more than two to be considered a dynasty, I think. I would agree. You're going to have to win three, at least. So, you found a post? Um, this is from Islanders journalist uh, Stan, Stan Fischler or something. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, the definition of a dynasty is three straight cups. The Oilers were never a dynasty in the 80s, is what he's talking about, because I they neglected to win three in a row. I don't know if I agree with that. Because, and, this, and he says, because they weren't good enough. Don't ever put the Oilers in the Islanders' class. Okay, that sounds a little biased. <laughs> but um, This is on the Oilers' Wikipedia page, I think. Or no, yeah. yeah. Uh, after joining the NHL, the Oilers went on to win the Stanley Cup on five occasions, 84, 85, 87, 88, and 90. For their success in the 80s, the Oilers team of this era has been honored with dynasty status by the Hockey Hall of Fame. Sounds like a dynasty to me. Four cups in five years, five in seven years. Like, if you win three in five years, that's borderline dynasty. I would yeah. say probably not, but yeah. if it's three and four for sure... Or four and five. Or four and five. You know, I think you have to win at least three cups and not have them spread out too far. Then I'd say dynasty status. So if the Bolts win this year, not yet, but if they win in, if they win this year and then don't win next year and then win the next year, yeah, sure. I'll call them a dynasty. And I mean, the Oilers teams must be good for some, be good to some level because it, they were voted on by um, players and analysts and um, managers and stuff a few years ago. I think the 84 team was voted the best NHL team of all time. So mm. they must have been good Wasn't to some statistically level. statistically the best NHL team of all time last year's Bolts? It may have, statistically, I think so. But I think they were... Oh, no, that, no, that no, it was the year just... before where they had the most points scored out of any NHL right. team. Yes, and then they got swept by Columbus. That's right, that was the year. Yeah. Um, it was the yeah, it was the year before. So that's when they did this vote is because everybody was raving about the Lightning. So they wanted to see what everybody thought was the best team of all time. Well, um, and they were talking about statistics. Skill. They were talking about oh, okay. that. So I was going to say, if when, you're going with statistics, it's pretty yeah. obvious that it's the 2019 Lightning. Yeah. and But when you've got Messier, Curry, Gretzky, Glenn Anderson, uh, Paul Coffey, Grant Fuhr, and all the other craziness they had on that team... It made a lot of sense why they won. But, well, I don't um, care if, like, if we're talking statistics and, like, production, you can say most skilled team of all time. I don't care if you have 
Gretzky, Lemieux, and Yager, and whoever you want on the same team, if they can't find a way to play together and win consistently and like dominate, they're not the best. Which the Oilers team did do. Oh, which they did do. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah. but like they're they are uh, they wouldn't be considered statistically the greatest. Yeah. If skill wise, the thing the, with the statistics for all time stuff though is that statistics now are very different than statistics yeah. then because mm-hmm. the best goalies then were wearing just like street hockey padding. That is true. <laughs> um, so so it's really hard to compare statistics now. That's why I don't like the debates about is McDavid the greatest offensive player of all time? Is Ovechkin the greatest goal scorer of all time? Because you know what, Ovechkin would score a hundred and fifty goals in the 80s yeah. and he's still scoring 50 so maybe he is the best but you know what Gretzky would probably still be getting just as many points in today's era if he had to adapt because he's the smartest hockey player to ever play right so it's like it, some players adapt some players don't you really can't compare the 80s to the 2000s you can though however in points for the team because the same amount of points were awarded back yeah. then as they are now yeah that's true you get yeah. two points for a win one point for an overtime loss uh, overtime loss didn't exist then oh really no Okay, well, or, it's, or, it's, overtime loss may have, but shootouts didn't exist. Okay. They just went to ties, and I'm not sure what they did with ties. Maybe one point each. They got rid of the ties after the 06 lockout, I believe it was. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, the um, yeah, you can compare teams point like statistics wise, not goals scored, because it was different back then. Yeah. But points you can start, certainly still compare. Yeah. Um, with this um. With this cup final this year, we see an insane goalie battle. Is this the best goalie battle we've seen in a long time? Carey I would Price, say Andre so. Vasilevsky. Would, would you say, say so. it's the greatest, it's the biggest one since 2001 where Martin Brodeur and Patrick Waugh faced off against each other in the final? Well, that would have been the biggest ever. That, yeah. Seeing as they're like the two best goalies ever. Of all time, yeah. Yeah. In modern uh, modern history. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say it's the biggest we've seen since then. Then again, I can't think of the others that we have seen, but none come to yeah. mind. Yeah, I can't think of any any other ones. Um, another interesting thing, this is Mer- Patrick Maroon's third straight Stanley Cup final, and he's won the last two. Really? Yeah, nice. <laughs> because he won with the Lightning last year and the Blues the year before that. Right. Um, of course. And really, statistically, the Lightning should win this series. Oh, of course. And I think, anyone, they, I think they will. Anyone betting would have to bet on the Lightning. Um, the biggest unless you have money to throw away and you risk can risk it for a big game. That's true. Then you'd bet on the Habs. Um, the biggest thing the Habs go, have going for them, Carey Price, and yep. also their penalty kill has been. I don't. It has to be record setting. I haven't seen any records. They've um, they've scored three shorthanded goals this playoffs. They've only allowed three goals while killing a penalty all playoffs. Their penalty kill has gone thirteen straight playoff games without allowing. Did you say their goal. penalty kill. I meant kill if I said gill. Yeah. They aren't fishes. <laughs> oh, good, very good English speak yeah. there, Ben. Oh, yeah. Good, good English speak. Very, yeah. Very good English speak. Um, but, yeah, it's... It, unless their penalty kill can keep doing that against Tampa's insane power play, um, pretty soon uh, Montreal's going to be swimming with the fishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. That, that That's very true. Okay. There's something I was going to say, but I entirely forgot. Yeah, but anyway, a post I did see on Instagram. Um, I, I couldn't, I didn't see the actual price of the tickets, but right now, 
as a Canadian living in um, Montreal, it would be cheaper to fly to Tampa Bay, see games one and two. That would be cheaper than to watch game three in Montreal. I have a post with prices here. The ah. cheapest ticket on StubHub, that's a ticket buying place, yeah. um, for Tampa versus Habs in Tampa is $388 American, which I believe is a pretty standard, maybe a little bit expensive um, ticket price. Yeah, that, sounds like, a, that sounds like a finals um, playoff yeah. game. Three American, probably 500 Canadian, or a bit yeah. less than 500. A little less than 500. Yeah. Um, in Montreal... $4,473 Canadian is the <laughs> cheapest ticket you can get. That's probably press level. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So, um, you know, it's cheaper. If, if you're a listening Habs fan that really wants to go to a game, it'd be cheaper to fly down to Tampa, see games one and two. You could see two games. And get a vacation out of it. And get a vacation to Florida, and it would still be cheaper than driving down is it the Bell Center? What, where do they play? Bell Center. Bell Center. Yeah. It'd be cheaper than driving down to the Bell Center and buying a press level ticket. Even if you live in Montreal already. If you're listening from Montreal. It's That's even, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I said if you live in Montreal oh, and you're yeah. a Habs fan. I don't know if I said live in Montreal, but I said if you're a Habs fan. Yeah. It would be cheaper to take a vacation down to Florida and watch two games instead of driving to your local rink and watching one. I see a thing here that says, um, I comment on that post, the only reason Tampa's going to sell out is because the, the Hab fans that are going to be attending. Oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with that because Tampa actually has a pretty good fan base. But, yeah, they do. Um, yeah, before we run out of time though, um, moving on from the playoff talk a little bit, there's yes. some other some other news that has been um, announced in the last few days. Other hockey news. Other hockey news. We've been covering mostly playoff news. Um, and when you say mostly, you mean entirely? Yeah, pretty much. Other, <laughs> other than our comment about the Humboldt Broncos player. All right. Last episode. That was episode last episode, before. yeah. yeah. Um, but we've got some Seattle Kraken news. Ooh. Um, did I say JT Miller, Miller here? That's totally um, the wrong Miller because he's playing for the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Um, JT Brown. Um, yeah, you put JT Miller there. Yeah, JT Brown um, was hired as an analyst for for the Kraken. I think he's their second, or the, a commentator and analyst. I think he's their second staff in that department that he Interesting. was hired. Um, but he retired, I think, at twenty nine in order to do uh, this. Okay. Um, but I yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I don't think he was playing anyway. So. Yeah. And I'm sure as many of you have seen by now, the Kraken have announced their head coach, Dave Haxtall. Dave Haxtall. Let that sink in, folks. <laughs> Dave Haxtall. Gerard Gallant was available. Unless he said no, he was available. I, didn't he get hired by the Rangers? Yeah, but I'm saying oh, they oh, had yeah, plenty yeah. of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless he said no to them. Yeah. They could have had Gerard Gallant, but instead they have Dave Haxtall. And there are some other really good There were good some other coaches. really good available coaches. Um, John Tortorella is available. Yep. Um, and he's known for taking a team near the bottom or a struggling team and making them good when they shouldn't be good. Columbus made the playoffs a lot of years in a row when they did weren't good enough to be in the playoffs. That's for sure. Um, he was like, you're an all-star. You're an all-star. Everyone's an all-star now. Now go play. Exactly. Um, and Dave Haxel, I mean, I don't think he's a terrible coach, but it just it seems like they could have done so much better. For those mm-hmm. who don't know, he used to coach Philly two years ago. Yeah, and then he was the assistant on Toronto for the last two years. Yeah. And now he's um, with the Kraken. The Seattle Kraken. And uh, we'll see how that pans out. I don't think Seattle's going to do what Vegas did. I think no. there's going to be a lot of 
unhappy fans that way, but they might do okay. All I'm saying but, is a lot of people are going to lose money betting that the Kraken are going to make the finals. Yeah. The the bet money for Vegas in 2018 was it looking back at it, you could have like bet like 20 bucks at the beginning of the season they would have made the final and you would have made like 20 grand with the odds. But now everybody knows that, so everybody's going to drop 20 bucks at the beginning of the season on Seattle. And even if they make the final, the return isn't even going to be that good with the yep. amount of people that are going to bet for them. <laughs> for real. They're going to be better off betting they don't make the playoffs. Yep. <laughs> um, and other news for next season, um, the outdoor games and the all-star game um, and the draft for 2022 yes. have all been announced, the host cities. The all-star game will be in Vegas. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't do that sooner. Honestly, <laughs> um, Winter Classic, they're doing St. Louis against Minnesota uh, in Minnesota. I'm excited to actually see a Minnesota outdoor game. Minnesota's a, like the only state in the states that is a huge hockey state. True. Um, and Stadium Series is Tampa versus Nashville. Oh, I wonder how that game is going to go. Yeah. And that's in Nashville. I'm actually a little bit disappointed Nashville's in that one. I like Nashville. They're my third favorite team. But Nashville is just in an outdoor game. I think the last outdoor game that was played, aside from the ones that were the, on on the lake in Colorado right. this year, because they played again, they played in Dallas in 2019. So I don't know why Nashville's getting another one already. All the Lake Tahoe games. Those yes. are funny. <laughs> um, and the Heritage Classic, which is the Canadian outdoor game, has been confirmed to be happening, but the teams and arena haven't been announced yet. Who do you think it's going to be? Um, I think it's going to be Calgary against Ottawa in Ottawa is my prediction. I think they're going to try to do it. Rideau Canal? No, just kidding. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, would, that would be, be really that'd that'd be be funny. Cool, but I don't think it's wide enough. No, no. Uh, well, even if it is wide enough, you can't fit any fans. That's true. Yeah. You watch. That's the only way Tahoe worked is because they didn't have to have fans. Exactly. Um, that would be cool, though, with uh, if, if the Rideau Canal was wide enough. Yeah. What I'd like to see, I'd love to see a Battle of Alberta. A Battle of Alberta outdoor game would be legendary. Yeah. Where do you think it would be played? It would probably... I mean, the dream location would have been Lake Louise, but that the chance oh. for that was last year. Man, that would have been incredible. It, it was between Lake Louise and Lake Tahoe. It was either going to be a Battle of Alberta, Lake Louise, or Vegas, Colorado at Lake Tahoe. Why couldn't we Tahoe see the Battle of Alberta, Lake Louise? Apparently, the NHL deemed Lake Louise unsafe to play Oh, my word. But instead, they went to Lake Tahoe where they had to delay the second game. Or... or was did they play two games? I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was two or one game. The delays screwed it up. I was watching it from school. I turned it on. I was like, "Oh, check in on the game." And they only played one period, and then they had to delay the game. The know, ice was too because the ice, ice was melting. So they chose that instead of Lake Louise, which made us Albertans sad. But yep. Um. Yeah, I'd love to see Battle of Alberta. I think it would be played. Uh, I'm not sure if it would be played in Edmonton or Calgary. It would be played in one of the. Um, I should say the Edmonton Elks. Or the Edmonton the, Elks. Or the Stampeders or Stadium. I'm assuming it would be played in one of those two. It would probably be in the Edmonton one because, honestly, McMahon Stadium in Calgary is kind of falling apart. Okay. Um, and the one thing is, that, as an Oilers fan, I've been keeping tabs on this. We've been pro- we were promised when we got our new arena in like 2017 or 2018 mm-hmm. that we'd get special events like this, and we've yet to get one. And we have the... Uh, the only thing, there's only two newer arenas in the league, and then by next year there will be three with the Seattle arena. Um, and we have one of the nicest facilities voted on by players in the league, and we've yet to get an outdoor game or a draft or an all-star game at our arena. You had which the was World Juniors. We did have the World Juniors, but that's not, um, that's not the NHL. That I know it's that. not the NHL, yeah. but still, you had the, uh, you had the 
World yeah. Juniors, which is pretty cool. It, it is quite cool. But the NHL told us when we got our new arena that we were going to get some stuff. So I'm just waiting for that to happen. So that yeah. it might be this Heritage Classic, too. That's, I think it'll be Edmonton, Calgary, or Calgary, Ottawa. Those are my two predictions. But Heritage Classics, they aren't played indoors. No, they aren't. So, so it, it wouldn't it, be at your building. No, that's true. But it might be in Edmonton. It might be in Edmonton. Yeah. Um, and also helmet ads. Batman confirmed they're coming back next year. Ah, who's shocked? Yeah. They like the money. And I don't really care that much. I'll I was honest, worried at first, but they didn't actually look like that. I thought that. they were going to look like KHL players or like Swiss League players yeah. with like their helmets a billboard. But honestly, like the Flames one, it looks actually pretty sleek. Yeah, there are some of them that actually make the uniforms look better. Unless it's so, the Penguins. The Penguins one doesn't because it's blue, right? It's blue. On their yellow jerseys and it's weird. But the Edmonton one is just looks normal because it's the Rogers logo and it's orange. Yeah. Or something like that. So it's like, it's our colors and it's our sponsor for, uh, anyway. Well, same with the Flames. It's, uh, it's Scotiabank. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just the S, right? Yeah, it's depending on, depending on the helmet co- color, it's a red or white S. Yeah, which, yeah, it does, it doesn't look bad at all. I'll be upset if they touch jerseys. Yes. I don't even care if they sell fans on unadvertised jersey. If I have to look at ads on a jersey, I'm going to be very disappointed. Yes. Um... Next year, they've also confirmed that... Oh, and Bettman did say that next year, for sure, they aren't touching the jerseys, which is good news. Good. But he just, he just confirmed for next year, so we don't know about okay. that. Um, next year, we are also confirmed to be going to a, a, some version of the series format that we did um, this year, where we played the same team back-to-back. Okay. Um, not to the same level. Bettman just did a press interview, a big interview today mm-hmm. or yesterday, and a bunch of stuff got announced. Okay. Um, but... I think what they're talking about is doing like whenever you play a divisional team, yeah, um, you'll play them two or three times in a row. I think two times in a row at their arena. Okay. So it, it's going to be way less lower scale than this year. It won't, it won't be nearly like we had this year. Yeah. Well, hopefully not. Yeah, I that would. Well, the states won't be, but up here in Canada we might. Yeah, I hope not because it would you you'd lose those rivalry games really all at once. I mean, mm-hmm. It wouldn't spread out through the season. That'd be too bad. Um. For Oilers fans out there, our jerseys are pretty much confirmed to be um, changing a bit. Our alternates this year are going to be our new homes. It I saw like. that and I laughed. Um, I, I don't mind that that move because I actually own that jersey. Um, My one friend I said he's like disowning it. the Oilers for it <laughs> as a joke, but he um, saw it and he said, I'm not an Oilers fan anymore. And I, actually, I really didn't like the orange jerseys that we had now. I don't like that navy blue with that orange. I like the orange, but I don't like the navy blue with it. I love our away jerseys, which it sounds like we're keeping the same. Okay. Um, but for our new alternates, it sounds like we're going to use the orange jerseys for an alternate, and then we're going to be making a new, either a new jersey or bringing back the royal blue jerseys for an, a second alternate. Okay. So I, I don't really want to see the old royal blues brought back, but um, but yeah, it would be nice to see. See, see something new, but it's it's For not sure. terrible, not great. And the last thing, Evander Kane, he's in more locker room drama. Drama. What's new? Sky's <laughs> he, blue. He had to leave Winnipeg because him and Dustin Bufflin hated each other, and yep. Bufflin essentially said, "Get rid of this guy, or I'm gonna I'm gonna find him murdered in the dressing room, or something like that." Basically. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, end of season interviews, multiple management people and teammates on the Sharks said to the media their displeasure with Evander Kane, plus mm-hmm. all his drama with his bankruptcy at the beginning of the season. Yep. They've essentially said that they're going to trade him and he won't be a Shark next season. <laughs> Further solidifying why Evander Kane is my least favorite player in the NHL. Uh-huh. 
But both you and I, we both can't, we don't care for that guy much at all. No. And uh, I love Bufflin, though. Too bad he's not in the NHL anymore. Yeah. There, I've still seen rumors that he might come back, but I really mm, don't think he's I doubt it. To. But yeah, um, <laughs> in Winnipeg, do you see them complaining? Who do you think's right, Bufflin or Kane? I wonder, right? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. The guy who's full of himself and has a hot head? Or uh, the big guy? <laughs> <laughs> One, the heaviest guy in NHL history, actually. Really? Yeah. Bufflin, I think. 2015 Bufflin was the heaviest guy in NHL history or something wow. like that. I think he was like... Oh, I can't remember. I want to look it up now. Um, um, yeah, I think he was... Was he over 300? I have no idea. Well, he's only 36 years old. Yeah, he's not that old. No kidding. Well, he's technically a UFA, but let's be real. He'd only go back to one place. He would only go back to Winnipeg. And um, he... Um, I don't know. He, he's hurt, so he won't... Um, he won't. He won't come back, I don't think. It's not... Not worth it for him. Yeah, no. He's already had a good career. And Winnipeg's moving on anyway, so I don't think Winnipeg would want him back yeah. at this point. Um, I If I'm reading this correctly and I found the right place, um, Bufflin, we, Bufflin for sure at one point weighed 302 pounds. Um, I'm seeing that number multiple times, so I'm assuming that's the record. Currently, the record is Jamie Alexia. Oh, really? Apparently. How heavy? Um, let me look it up. Hmm. And I'd have to look up a list for the uh, all-time. I'll look That's that up true. after. Wait, if we look it up. Whatever 113 kilograms is in pounds. I'll search that up instead. <laughs> it still gives me 113. Okay. Um, I can find it here. 255, it looks like. So that's just current? Yeah. At one point, he was... 255. He's probably heavier now. Yeah. What are you finding for all time? All time? Well, surely Chara's got to be up there just because he's so freakishly tall. Yeah. Let's see. Heaviest NHLer ever. 300 pounds, question mark? Bufflin um, or Chara, maybe? Um. They're, everyone's saying that Bufflin weighed more than Chara. Yeah. People are saying that the record should be held by Phil Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little hot dog pill. Um, somebody says John Scott. That's not true. I know that's not true. No. And just random fact, apparently there's a 14-year-old kid that weighs 340 and is 6'6". That's a big kid. <laughs> Someone says Keith Kachuk. No, he wasn't that heavy back in the day, but he's definitely put on the pounds now. Yeah. Um, but. Zabinijad? Not Zabinijad. At all. Um, it, was, it was probably Bufflin. And, Most likely uh, Bufflin. At one point, he was over 300. Yeah, three three oh two. He was for sure three oh two at one point. Um, that's the biggest number I'm seeing. I buff for nothing. Yeah, Alexiak is at two fifty five. So that's what I saw. Yeah. I'm not sure how current that is. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I think that's a probably a good place to leave the episode. Unless you have anything else you want to say. Um, just our Instagram. Yeah, just go follow our Instagram at Dump and Chase Pod. Uh, give us feedback. You know, shoot us a message. Say hi. Don't be stranger. And. Uh, let us know what your favorite hockey team is or whatever you want to tell us. Uh, let us know and we'd be happy to uh, converse back and forth a little bit and uh, let us know how we can improve the show. So you have anything else to say, Ben? 
just if you hit us with a download as well on the program that you're that would be awesome that you're listening to this on that would be greatly appreciated as yeah well. and whatever you're listening to it on just if you want to let us know that'd be awesome and we can uh, further our support for that platform yeah that would be awesome because uh as i've said before and i'll say it again podcast analytics suck so i can't really tell for the most part who's listening to it where but uh we're, ju- we're just trying to uh increase the amount of uh, viewers or not viewers why do i keep saying people view this and watch it no listeners um and i'll try to uh diversify and um introduce it to more platforms so yeah with that being said thank you for watching the show and i just said watching <laughs> okay thank you for listening and uh we'll catch you on the next one and check out custom jersey guy on youtube if you want names on your jerseys and facebook did you say yeah, you? I said YouTube. I meant Facebook. Don't check YouTube. I don't think he's there. Yeah. No, uh, definitely at Custom custom Jersey Guy on Facebook. Check him out. Check out our Instagram. That's our little plug for the day. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya. See ya.